folks, and welcome or welcome back to Nippon Trading International's Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ziv Nakajima again, and this podcast is brought to you, among others, by Emil Gorgis of realestate.jp. He's a Tokyo real estate agent who specializes in serving international or mixed nationality families who are looking for the perfect family home. So Emil's an Australian, he's been living here in Japan for over two decades now, and for about half of that time he's been buying, selling, and managing real estate properties in Tokyo on behalf of his own family and a great many happy clients. And he also acts as a mortgage broker on behalf of his clients. So he's got dedicated loan officers in many of the Japanese mega banks. And if you're a regular listener of the podcast, you probably already know him from our JREP, the Japan Real Estate Experts panel sessions which means that you're already aware of the fact that the man is an absolute fountain of wisdom on all things related to real estate in Japan, and in particular to family homes, the greater Tokyo metropolitan area, and mortgages. And most importantly, he's incredibly generous with his time and advice, which he's more than happy to provide at no cost or commitment to anyone asking. So if you've been thinking about buying your home in Tokyo, but you've been sitting on the fence for a while, or you just want to have a chat in English with a real expert, Drop him a line on sales at realestate.jp. Hit him up today and start exploring your options. All right, so for today's episode, a bit of a special one. We are pleased to announce the inaugural Japan Real Estate Summit event, a very first, which we're hoping will soon turn into an annual or even biannual event. Uh, you've heard us mentioning it here on the podcast in the past, and the JREP crew are very pleased to be telling you all about it and extending a personal invitation to you from all of us to come and join. So we're really looking forward to seeing you with us. Uh, there's going to be plenty of info today about the when, how, where, the topics we'll discuss, the Q&A sessions, the amazing venue and all things Japan Real Estate Summit related. And we will then a little bit segue into a discussion of renovations, or as they're known here, reforms. Are the two words synonymous or do they mean different things in Japan? We also talk about the borders opening up. Finally, the historic US dollar versus Japan uh, yen rates that we're currently experiencing and what these exchange rates mean for the economy overall and the property market specifically. We talk about loans for residents and non-residents alike and much, much more. So a shorter, more casual, but very exciting for us at least, J-Rep session for you today. Enjoy, and I'll see you again on the other side. Japan Real Estate Experts panel. Um, we're going to skip the intros. Really? Um, That's what? the best bit. Blanka, why don't you go first? Ladies first. So always, uh, we'll all time between Tracy and, and Blanca every session, I think. <laughs> oh, no, she froze. Hello, everybody. My name's Blanca. Ah. Am I frozen? No, no, you're, no you're back now. Hope you are back. Okay. Hi, everybody. My name's Blanca Kobayashi, and I am the managing director of Art Reform. We are a bilingual reform company in Tokyo and in Chiba, and we take care of all your reform needs when you are around Tokyo, uh, Chiba, Saitama, Yokohama, we go pretty far. We also do your holiday homes and offices and anything and everything you need. So we are here for you. Thank you. And Tracy, 
Alrighty, so I'm Tracy Northcott. I am the CEO of Tokyo Family Stays. So uh, I run a series of short-term rentals in Japan. I've been doing this for 10 years. Um, and I also am a consultant. I help people make money on their own short-term rentals and maximize profitability and, and uh, work your systems and um, minimize your time, maximize your profit. So uh, that's how I help people in the world. That's my calling. Yes. No, no, you. I go last. I always go. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I am a, um, Emil. I'm a real estate agent. Um, so uh, we just started a new rebranding, Real Estate.jp. So hit us up. You know, sales at Real Estate.jp is our new site. Uh, still up and coming. Um, yeah, help uh, foreign families and mixed families buy a house in Tokyo, uh, predominantly. Uh, we also arrange the financing. So we act as a as a mortgage broker. We have. Um, uh, connections with all the major Japanese banks. So any questions you have about financing, about the purchase process, whether or not you can get it, if you're not permanent resident or employed, whatever it may be, uh, yeah, hit me up, send us an email. Um, email's in the description. Uh, and looking forward to hearing from you. And now to Ziv. Yep, and we do everything else. See, that's why I like to be last. So investment <laughs> properties, holiday homes, land for development. We, uh, for the past 11 years, we've been helping people uh, purchase, sell, and manage any kind of property in Japan, especially out of Tokyo, which is where it gets a little bit rough with local professionals and so forth. And we are the Japan Real Estate Experts panel, and we can talk about anything. We should talk about the event. We've been talking about it for the last 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> yes, before the recording. It's mm. very exciting. I think we're we, all of us are really fired up about this. It's like, you know, we actually get to be in the same room and uh, and um, because you know we've met up with each other, you know, in different ways, but now we get to be in the same room together. So um, it's going to be a whole day event in February, February fourth. Is that correct, Ziv? Yes, Saturday, February fourth. The times we haven't decided on yet, nor the order of presentations, but we'll get that to you shortly. Yeah. It's a full day event, though. Yeah. It's a full day event. The Japan Real Estate Summit, I think, is the name that we've settled on. That's right. Mm -hmm. yep. Japan yep. Real Estate Summit. Real... Yep. Um, so we're all going to be there live, um, talking about what what we know best. Okay, each one about our specialties, and. It will be in Minatoku, um, in what is it, Shiba? And answering all the questions that people have about, you know, buying, uh, you know, residential, commercial, getting them reformed or, you know, short-term rentals. And we'll be able to have, you know, our um, wayward, you know, presenter, Matt, who will be there as well, talking about Akia and Inaka. So... How cool would that be? I'm not letting him in if he doesn't bring a goat with him, though. He's going to bring a goat. <laughs> and do we have a rough idea of... I'm taking the goat from him. Well, I mean, Takubin? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he is and the Do we goat. have a rough idea of what we'll be talking about? Did you, did you have in mind what sort of presentations you're going to be giving? I do. I've written mine. Yeah? I'm going to be talking about Mimpaku as a new asset class in Japan. So I'm going to give a little bit of history of Mimpaku through the ages in Japan, um, how it's been around for a while and what, you know, how it's ebbed and flowed and what the regulatory system looks like now. 
um, and also what it means as a for investment in, in terms of um, uh, as an asset class, you know, rather than it just being, you know, someone renting out their room, you know, this is a this is a real business and this is what it can look like. Um, and uh, that's what I'm going to be talking about. How about you, Blanca? I'm going to talk about the basics of reforms. I think people, most of the people, when they are even thinking of buying a house, they cannot really picture um, what, how much when it comes to a specific size of either apartment or a house. So how much, so I'm going to talk about a little bit of the basics, how much can cost uh, the reform of, let's say, two-bedroom and three-bedroom apartment, uh, and then different ranges that they can go because you have a client that some of them, they just want a functional and cheap. Some uh, they want that kind of mid-range. And then you have clients that want to go all in and want to do anything possible. So uh, I'm going to talk about the ranges of reforms you can do and the options you have and kind of the basic do's and don'ts um, that are because we, we come across a lot of uh, those cases as well when clients don't really understand how far this can go or not. So that's going to be, that's going to be kind of my session that we're going to, that I, that I would like to talk about for people to get more understandings of the basics of uh, renovations in Japan. I'm looking forward to some, uh, when you talk about the higher end, to some house porn, you're going to show us some nice house little, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And I will have, of course, I will have the before and after, Yes. Of, of some of our of some of our uh, things that we've done, because some of some of the reforms that we've done are really funny and interesting. Like I wouldn't even go that far at that point, thinking it can work. So yeah, yes. looking forward to it. and Emil. Um, so I'm going to talk about well, my bread and butter, which is family home purchases in Tokyo. The process. Um, you know, some of the differences between, you know, buying a house versus a, a mansion um, and also the financing process, um, how much money you can get, what repayments look like, uh, the, some some real, like, accurate numbers so you know what to expect and what your budget can be. Uh, and that's, yeah, basically what I do every day. So I'm going to explain that to people. Uh, I think that tends to be the scary part for many uh, new home buyers in Tokyo, um, especially with all the information being Japanese. You only hear different things from friends and, and colleagues you don't really have a proper idea of what it is. You make your own picture. So I try to clarify and demystify the purchase process and the financing process. And I'll explain that in my presentation. And use it. Very, very, very useful info there. I think I'm, I'm going to follow in the line of number crunching as well. Um, so I'm going to do, I think we'll do a live deal analysis. So we'll take a couple of potential investment properties, um, maybe uh, one, mansion room in one small building for example so so we've got a wide range of budgets and different types of, pro of property profiles and we'll crunch the numbers we'll look at location specifics we'll look at um, potential risk factors and what actually goes into analyzing an investment property deal um, to help people decide to pull the trigger on it or not but i think it's funny because if people have been following um, the podcast and the panel and the Zoom sessions that we've been doing, they probably can find most of this information in chats that we've had in the past and definitely will have. But I think the biggest, um, what I'm most looking for is the, the potential for Q&A, right? So same as we do definitely. here with the, 
banter. We occasionally bring someone on. We read some questions from people. But having that in a live environment where people just raise their hand and ask a question and ask for clarifications and um, a panel discussion on topics that people want to discuss, I think that's, that's going to be the best part of the event. Hmm. And it, it, so even if, you know, people are not yeah. able to come in person, best part you know, we're going to be able to, you know, record a lot of these things and, you know, and uh, we can take questions and actually discuss them, uh, discuss them live. Um, and, you know, I guess we're going to have all of the um, filming cut and pasted and made into made into content down the line. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Sorry, Blanca, I cut I you off. Expecting. <laughs> No, no, no. I was saying it's the best. The Q&As is the best part of any live event because you actually get to interact with people like that face to face. So I think it's the best part. Anyways, this presentation, you. But yeah, live events are the best. And who knows who else who else you'll meet in the audience, right? So it's not just not just us. It's like you know the the people who come. There's going to be uh, you know a lot of sort of you know investors and also people interested in investing. So it's uh, it's going to be going to be interesting. Mm. Mm. We're also going to have some food there, so lunch will be uh, provided. Um, and we're we're expecting what I think uh, about eighty or so people is yeah, what the, the capacity for the for, for the venue. Um, yep. And tickets we're looking at we're looking at you know, three and a half to five thousand yen. I think uh, is what there's going to be some early bird pricing and then sort of you know later stage pricing to just give people an idea. It's not a, it's not a free event because um, we do want the people to come there to to feel a bit you know invested in want, wanting to come and come and learn. Uh, yeah, so we're tickets will out, be. We're giving our time for free. Let's be. Let's be. Oh, the value! Like, I not... think the value for uh, tickets is going oh. to be huge in this event. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and definitely. Can, uh, and a bit of a plug. So, realestate.jp. If you go there, you can see all, a lot of the event information. Um, ticketing has not opened up yet, but you can. Uh, yeah, it, it may be actually by the time we this podcast mm -hmm. goes out, Ziv. Um, yeah. But yeah, you can click on the realestate. Uh, sorry, on realestate.jp. Go to that site. Um, the event information is there and you can register interest and just enter your, your name and email address in a, a Google form and we can get back to you and update you when uh, the, the tickets go on sale. And check out the venue too on the website. It's a beautiful venue. Yes, a very famous architect. Um, the venue is uh, very beautiful. Yeah, oh yeah, fantastic. All glass. Um, and we have the largest area on the bottom floor. Um, just full, yeah, it, it's amazing. It's not like a boring hall at all. So uh, the architect we, created this. We have also. the best part of the whole venue. Yeah. Well, we're going to be a rowdy bunch, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to it. But yeah, I think like you said, it's um, and also because it's an annual thing, uh, going to be an annual thing, I think it's going to be a good chance for people to once a year, just get together, again, regardless of the presentations and even regardless of the QA, just get together with like-minded people, people who are in, you know, the same situation as you are interested in property, more experience, less experience. Uh, hopefully, it's going to be a great meeting place that'll be an annual event as well. Mm. Bring, your, bring your business cards. Yeah. Mm. I, wanted to ask I haven't reached out to them yet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Tracy, you have the, the tap one. Uh, was it? What's it called? Bam. Vice. 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 Yeah. Um, Blanca, you said reform, you yes. don't talk about reform and stuff. I want to kind of, I think for some of the listeners, reform in Japan, kind of in the West, we refer to it as renovation. 
But in Japan as well, I think reform and renovation have slightly different meanings to a degree, or not really. I don't know. Uh, no, okay. I've seen I've seen written I've seen I passed by a company, I think it was last week, and they had the reform and renovation in uh, in Katakana. And I found okay. that very I found it very interesting that they had the boat names because to me uh, it's the same thing. I would at least I would think it's the same, but uh, whether the Japanese have a different meaning to a different word that they actually put both uh, in the name. I don't know. I've never really uh, investigated on that. We, I haven't we, seen renovations. Do they actually write the word renovation? I've, seen, I've seen literally the company. It was a company's name and under that was reform and then Atmark and renovation. Both was okay. written in Katakana and it looked strange to me because to me um, we don't use reform as a renovation in English, but the Japanese, they use uh, reform. Yeah, so my experience... English, I think I've in seen, English, it's a different meaning. Yeah, so yeah, right. in, in English, it's straight up renovation, right? Yeah, changing the wallpaper, changing the bathroom, yeah. the kitchen, you know, whatever, yeah. it's, it's yeah. a renovation. In Japan, traditionally, they've called it reform. The, 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 yeah. the expression yeah. is reform, yeah. the Japanese English. But yeah. recently, I've been seeing, you know, with larger scale reforms <laughs> with, with large part where they like you know skeleton reform like like where they basically get an apartment and ship it back to the concrete where you do everything those ones have been yeah. referred to as renovation which i feel the market is now just starting to use it as a different kind of meaning but i feel that's quite modern and not but, yeah that's what i was sort of checking with you what you what you've heard even when we do even when we do uh, a full complete like overhaul basically when we got the the apartment uh, or the house completely and then change the whole thing my guys they still call it reform okay let's stick with reform no no need to talk about renovation yeah. it's still a reform you know japanese they try and put in some of sneak in the english words to sound cooler mm. <laughs> yeah yeah and you then know, they, they not particularly understanding that it might mean something different or might mean the same thing and things like that. So I wouldn't really, I wouldn't put much, uh, much of a meaning to it. I used to uh, get upset about that, but these days I'm thinking, I mean, why would they, right? It's not their, it's not their clientele. I mean, it's not their crowd. They want to sound cool in Japanese. Yes. You mm. want to, you know, like, Oh, we oh, lost her. We've lost her. I think Flanker's uh, internet has been a little bit choppy. She's frozen a few times. We interrupt this broadcast to tell you about Tokyo Family Stays. They're a short-term rentals company in Tokyo, and they offer a home away from home experience, which is just perfect for remote working, quarantining, if that's still a thing, or if you just need somewhere quiet to get away from the world. They offer a variety of options for families, corporate relocations, or even if you're simply transitioning between homes in Tokyo. The properties are super comfortable, tastefully furnished, fully equipped with all amenities, and they accommodate up to 10 people. So really the only thing you'll need to bring with you is your toothbrush and maybe a change of clothes. 
They come with fast unlimited wireless internet, dedicated workspaces and fully equipped kitchens. And they're just a delight to stay in. Fantastic alternative to Japanese business hotels, which if you've ever stayed in one, you probably know they're tiny, they're noisy, fine for a night or two if you're on your own, but longer term or with a family, you'll probably feel you're in a jail cell very quickly in a Japanese business hotel. So if you want to give yourself a sense of space and freedom by renting a real home, with comfortable Western beds, including all the necessities like baby bedding, children's toys, high chairs, etc. You definitely want to reach out to Tokyo Family Stays. They've been at it for over a decade. They're a fully licensed minpaku or short-term stay operator. And as a special bonus for our viewers and listeners, they're also throwing in a breakfast basket upon arrival for anyone who books and mentions the Japan Real Estate Podcast or NTI. And not only for guests, if you're a property owner, you've got an investment property that you want to tweak for higher profit, or a holiday home that you want to rent out when you're not using it via short-term stays, drop them a line today, see how they can help you maximize your property's income. And again, as a special bonus to our viewers and listeners, they're also offering a free audit of your existing short-term stay listings without any obligation whatsoever. So feel free to reach out to them at tokyofamilystays.com. Well worth a visit. And again, if you're in the market for a family home in or around the Tokyo metropolitan area, Emil's your man. Don't be shy to reach out to him as well at sales at realestate.jp. And now back to the podcast. Oh, there you are. Oh, she's, she's back. back. Okay. Yeah, you, you, you've been freezing a few times during your, your speech, Blanca. I think your connection oh, might be a bit choppy. I don't understand that. I'm sitting right by the internet. So it's kind of... It's someone else is screaming... Someone else, it's David. My husband is, no, David is in school. My husband might be on Netflix. Ah, there it is. There we go. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I will have. We have. I, will, I, I brought in a. Di- we brought in a different line um, in the house, and I. Uh, he might. He's upstairs, but he might not have the password to the new upstairs line, and might be eating of mine. Now, can we can we talk about what significant event has happened since the last time we recorded? Besides the fact that we've all been away for summer and all the rest. Well, of the, the borders are open. Yes, yes. Let's <laughs> talk. I mean, honestly, yeah. <laughs> finally, the borders are open and people are coming. And um, are you finding Zib that your you know, that your clients are able to come in now or is that changing how you're working at all? I mean, I know for me, it's obviously a massive change, but. There's a lot of um, hourly work that we're doing now on behalf of holiday homeowners that haven't been to see their place since they bought it or at least for the last three years and like connect the utilities, get the renovation guy, we're coming in. So there's a lot of that, yeah. Ah, so what they so for the last three years, these vacation homes have just been like stagnant. They're empty, right? Yeah, yeah. They've been sitting there. A lot of people have purchased during that period. It made them ah. end the week. The, the fact that they couldn't get in and the weekend made it um, very, very active time for the holiday home shoppers. And now they're um, they're all super excited and they're all coming in at the same time. So it's a bit of a challenge <laughs> logistically, but it's good. But the thing is, they're going to have to really open it up because Japanese houses need to be lived in, right? They need to have the airflow and, um, you know, especially older ones. I mean, otherwise they just get stanky, right? <laughs> really yep. janky. Yeah. Really. That's the one thing I really notice about you know, Japanese houses, you have to, they're really designed to be lived in and have the, you know, 
airflow and, and stuff. Yeah. So. We, we get paid to organize maintenance companies that come in once a month. Um, they call it a light cleaning, but really all they do is open the windows and the doors and vacuum some dust, but it's mostly just to get exactly like you said, like to get yeah, the exactly. air flowing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Run, run the taps, get the water flow going, make sure the S kind yeah. um, And the, in, cold, in cold country, like up in Hokkaido and some of the places, even in Kyushu and Nagano, um, you want to get someone out there to close off the water taps before winter hits and empty mm-hmm. the water from the pipes so that they don't freeze over during the winter. Mm, mm. Um, and the other big thing is gardens right so people have beautiful japanese gardens those take a lot of maintenance especially if you got trees hanging over um, public pathways or the neighbor's uh, fence or what those need to be trimmed on a monthly or bi-monthly maybe in the winter yeah yeah look the 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 nature in japan is aggressive oh my goodness like you know the i don't know what is that what is that creeper thing that grows everywhere it is so aggressive you like you turn your head for three seconds and it and it just goes bonk, especially in summer when it's hot and humid and raining and yeah. it's just it goes bonkers yeah which is exactly when the house is mauled up too so we always get um one or two visits a month in the summer and then once a month or once every two months in the winter and basically monthly the rest of the year mm-hmm. tracy i agree that the uh, that the borders opening are a big thing, especially I've got some Airbnb properties as well, I mean, properties as well. So definitely a big change. But wow, I'm going to say the bigger one for me is what the 30 year historic yen low to the US. Oh, dollar. yes, yes, um, yes. Was it 150 it hit? I've been getting so many inquiries for the past like three months from Americans that want to want to buy. And just uh, yep. the first, actually, um, one guy contacted me like uh, five weeks ago or so. And on Monday, we're settling on his um, his property, uh, which in, in in Tokyo, an apartment he's bought for himself, which is just uh, well, it's about a hundred and I think uh, around a hundred thousand US. So, so he's he's saving fifty. Like, is it fifty percent of savings just 20, on the, on the- uh, Yeah. So it's twenty. Was it? It's a twelve million yen property. Sorry, twelve million yen property. So what would have been last year a hundred thousand? US is now about 75,000 US. So it's Whoa. about 20 to 25% cheaper in US dollars. And that's yep. just over the past 12 months. If you actually think over the past two to three years, mm. right? Um, it's even it's even cheaper. Uh, it's like you know, 30 to 35%, I think, discount if you buy now. So the amount of inquiries I've been getting from from Americans, mm. um, or even, even those buying homes in Japan, um, a lot of times there is, there's closing costs involved and depending on the bank um, or the financing they can get, some people are not able to get the closing costs in, included in the loans. So for example, if you've got one, one family now that's, that's applying, they don't have permanent residency, SMBC is giving them 100% of the property values, like 92 million yen. Um, but the other about, was it uh, 6 million yen or so, they need to come up, no, I, think, I think 6 or 7 million yen, they need to come up cash on their own for closing costs. So it's their US savings that they're drawing on. Yeah. And yeah. and it was a bit difficult for them in the past few, like you know, a, a year ago or so to do that. But now just, you know, their, their savings are worth you know, 20, 30% more. They're able to to extend their budget a little bit to, to cover and that. The other interest is that I'm hearing from a lot of people in the US as well in that they're, everyone's afraid, like they're trying, 
they're trying to chase a cheaper money market, right? So there are, you know, U.S. citizens. They're worried about. Um, they're worried about the cost of money in the U.S. with interest rates going up, and Japan is still looking very attractive. And I just have to give people the bad news that, like, unless you've got a footprint here already, you're really not going to be able to get finance. And correct me if I'm wrong. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to access that cheap that cheap capital. Um, but if you um, bring it in, if you if you've got the capital and you're bringing it in, I mean, happy days. Like you're going to you know have so much more bang for your buck. Yeah, I feel the pain for the importers, but for us, it's been a big boon this low end. So on that, actually, yeah, you you could be incorrect, Tracy, um, about not being able to get finance here. Um, there's a, I was. I haven't engaged with them yet. I haven't spoken to them. I haven't done any deals with them yet, but they could be like a, a money lender, not a bank, but just a lender that will lend. If, if you're a foreign resident, like, so it's, you know, use Americans, for example, because they're the ones now that are really yeah. showing a, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's largely American dollar that's going up relative to everywhere else. Mm -hmm. Or like everywhere else is going down relative to the US dollar. Rather. So um, if that, yeah. Uh, so yeah, if American, American, um, establishes a corporation here and they have employment in the US, they could get financed like around 3% for around 60% of the property value. So they put down 40%. Is that for commercial um, property or residential? Shinsei Shin Investment residential. and Finance have been doing that for a while at around the same percentage levels, but um, you don't even have to be a resident. You can be a complete foreigner. As long as you set up a company, they're okay. But they only want central Tokyo, central Osaka, 100% long-term residential properties. They'll force it on you by designating which PMs you can use and cannot use and so forth. Yeah, mm -hmm. what was what, what's your experience been with them? Because yeah, I think it was a similar like to that. Yeah, I, I don't have a single customer that went for that loan. It's just not attractive. People want to get creative with the properties. They're thinking about short-term stays, and only Central Tokyo, only Central Osaka means that they're not the best not cash best. flow investments. No. Um, so I, I put a lot of people in touch with them, but nobody's actually gone for it that I know. Of. Really? Okay. Because because my my clients, are, yeah, it's a similar like uh, conditions. My my clients rather are. They, they're keen to get a property in Tokyo and are fine with the lower interest, like they, with the lower return. I think some of the places you come up with, Ziv, give maybe 6%, 7% net, yeah. net yield, but maybe even a bit better. Tokyo, you're looking at maybe 3%. If you look just a nice. Best. Yeah, three, yeah. Three, yeah four, even four needs to be sort of a bit of a. a all, not like, easy yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah like you can get five or six with the smaller one room places but if you want to spend say you know 20 30 40 million yen and above um then you're looking at closer to three if it's like a more like a million dollar kind of uh like 100 million yen plus kind of property yeah two and a half three percent um is what the return is and you want it in, in central tokyo mm. but there are lots of people that still like the idea of tokyo so in that case if they're okay with it then yeah, that kind of financing approach is you know forty percent down, um, yeah. or thirty to forty percent down, and two to three percent interest. But people often option. don't take into account that just the fact that they've established a company in Japan means that they're up for annual bookkeeping and accounting that's worth like three four thousand bucks usually at the least, sometimes more than that. So it's it needs to be worth it. Um, and, yeah. and again, I haven't had anybody that's actually gone for it yet. Yeah, I think that's where our markets differ a little bit. So most of the clients I'm looking at are sort of, you know, 50 million yen and above. 50 yeah, to that like, makes sense. One, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, like so, yeah. so it's like it's a half a million US 
it's like 1.5 um, mil US is what uh, we're saying. So those, those are fees are fine. Off. See you, yeah. Blanca. Sorry, Blanca. Guys, I have to sign off. Sorry. It's all good. I'll speak. Yeah. I'll speak. See you soon. Big video next week. Bye. Bye-bye. So, I'm going to do it as well. Right <laughs> Yeah, so you were saying like, but even at 3%, you know, even at the 3% interest rate, that's still better than what, you know, the 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 Americans are worried that the Fed is going to do, right, in, in the US. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you're making two and a half, three percent 3% in yield and you're paying two and a half, three percent 3% in interest, um, you're not quite negatively geared, but you're not that far from it, right? Well, well, it depends on what, like, if it's a, you know, the people that I speak to really, it's a, you know, they want to have a hybrid life. They want to have yeah. a footprint that they can, you know, that they can self-fund from here, not necessarily that they're looking to maximise their return. They're looking to maximise their lifestyle. And um, and so as long as it's not, like, costing them a ton of money and they can sort of, you know, bounce around the world very you know frictionlessly is that a word without friction. i love the idea of having a property in every country that i visit but it's it's back to the same discussion that we've had it a few times is like what makes the best investment like is that where i want to put my money or do i want to put it in something that actually generates a lot more that i can then use to haul it because sure, you're not sure. talking about a pure family home right no but i mean here but here you're not you, you know you don't really build wealth traditionally from having even a family home here and not like you would in another, you know, in another country. So, um, you know, but also wealth. Yeah. Um, you just remember a lot of the investors, what they're thinking is, okay, so Japanese yen is very cheap now. Yes. So if they've got say, you know, we'll use like, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, right. Which is 15 million yen. They can buy a property for 15 million yen or if they, use some leverage they can get a property for 40 million yen they got to now for like you know they get you know uh they put down 30 percent, so they can get well for like 450 for 150,000 us gets them 450,000 mm-hmm. us property yep okay so even though the interest is a bit higher they now have almost half a million dollars of yen at this like historically low rate mm. uh, exchange yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, so just if that adjusts 10 20 percent back down to what it's been so even if it's you know five years down the line, then they're going to see uh, an upside of that amount, yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. um, and all they need to do is pay that small percentage maintenance cost, if yeah, if but there that, is I a, mean, that's, that's any cross border investment, yeah. though, right? Like once you remit your funds when rates are attractive, you remit them back when rates are attractive the other way. I mean, that that all yeah. makes sense. I'm just saying, and don't get me wrong, we got. Tons of customers that are doing that, um, not with financing, just buying cash holiday homes and then making whatever money they can on them. I'm just saying from an investment perspective, there are better, easier ways to profit while having a financial foothold in Japan than turning your holiday home into a rental property. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking more like straight up like owner change sort of investment properties in in Tokyo. None None of the more creative sort of things that you guys work work with um yeah i think there's, there's lots of people interested and also it frees up their capital if they only need to pay 150,000 us to purchase a property rather than 450,000 they now have yep. 300,000 back home that they can play with for yep. an, an additional sort of more creative sort of stuff so yep. it, 
Yeah. Um, and I find yeah. even, lo- even locally with a lot of investment strategies, there is a best way, but there's also, like, I mean, the, the best way differs depending on your financial situation. Uh, there's a lot Absolutely. of tax incentives, to, like depreciation. So even if it's negatively geared, if you're a higher income earner and you're on the higher tax bracket, then depreciation is significantly more beneficial for you. And purchase than, costs yeah. and everything that you've yeah. spent yeah, exactly. to come and see and the property. And, yeah, Precisely. Yeah, you get a lot more benefit mm-hmm. from that. So that is going to impact someone different who that's going to yeah, make the decision process very, very different to someone who is on the, the lower end of like, you know, is not on the higher tax bracket mm-hmm. um, and just wants actual cash flow, right? It's completely yep. different. So they're, they're, you know, horses for courses. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, I'll have to uh, sign off in a minute too, folks. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just saying, I just want to say, you guys make me smarter just by hanging around. So thank you. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm all about the hospitality. I'm all about the I'm actually experience. feeling a lot of the same when I listen to you talk about what you do, Tracy. Oh, stop mm-hmm. it. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> oh, this is how you do it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no. But, I, yeah. you know, because I don't come from a really, like, heavy, you know, crunching the numbers kind of place. I'm really all about... About, you know um you know build it and they will come type of thing you know build the great experience and look for ways to you know maximize the profit rather than just hardcore you know like analysis of the the numbers so i'm learning a lot from you guys so i just wanted to express my gratitude for that so um no. yeah. and plus you're fun yeah. to hang out with everybody. and vice versa we are <laughs> great <laughs> Um, yes, and speaking of people, Tracy, uh, that's what I meant. People will get a lot of benefit just um, having us all in the same room, just talking to each other is already enough for people to value, get gain value from it. The Japan Real Estate Summit, February 4th. February 4th, uh, which Japan is Real Estate Summit, yes. Tokyo. Um, check out the site, realestate.jp, um, and your, all the information will be there. And we'll Alrighty. see you all very soon. Thank you. Thanks, guys. We'll be back again, same time, same place next week. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye. And stop recording. And there you go. You heard it here first, straight from the horse's mouth, the inaugural Japan Real Estate Summit, Saturday, 4th February, 2023, at Chiabura House, Minato-ku, Tokyo. Can't wait to see you all there face-to-face after a long, long time. Now, before we go, we're also, as always, going to tell you and also link to our other sponsor's website. That's Hiroshi Shimizu, immigration lawyer and administrative scrivener. If you're thinking about moving here on a more permanent basis or you're already in Japan on some sort of a temporary visa and you want to switch to a longer term or permanent one, or if you're considering setting up a local company or a branch office of a foreign company and you've got any sort of business or visa-related inquiries, or even if you just want to find out what your options are on any of these topics, feel free to contact Hiroshi Shimizu. You can find him at japanimmigrationexperts.com and he can help you set up a company, apply for any kind of visa, or just provide you with the best advice and extremely affordable consultation related to these topics. And he's already done that for many of our listeners. So feel free to reach out to him. Again, that's japanimmigrationexperts.com and you'll be well on your way. And that's it from us for today, folks. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Japan Real Estate Podcast. Do share it with your networks and please let us know what you think. So leave us a short rating or review 
on the iTunes store, on Spotify, or just drop us a line in the comment section of wherever you might have found this episode. We love hearing from you. Hope to have you with us again next time, and until then, have a great day or night ahead. Yudashkut!